So let's open up to Psalm 30 this morning. Psalm 30, looking at verses 1 through 5 again. Already read so well this morning by Brother Andy. We're going to read them once more and then get into our message today as we present the vision for 2024. And I do hope and pray that it is a mighty blessing to your heart, your soul, and your mind. And I hope that it will order your steps as the year continues to move forward. Psalm 30 and verse 1, the Bible says, I will extol thee, O Lord. For thou hast lifted me up, and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Joy, beloved, defined by our modern dictionaries as a feeling of great pleasure and or happiness. Yet joy has never been locked into happiness. Happiness is a bright byproduct of joy. But joy can always be present when happiness is absent. In the past, we have popularized an acronym of joy saying, Jesus, others, yourself. And yet, it's still not a clear and present definition of what joy is or even how you get it. As a matter of fact, this this acronym that we taught our children and, and we were taught as young people often left people thinking that if I deny myself, I will have joy in my life, giving the responsibility to possessing joy to the individual. And this, as you know, becomes quite problematic. You see, guys, joy is a beautiful thing. It doesn't come from what I do. It doesn't come from what I have done. Joy is not finding validation uh, through the social cosmos or the depths of social media construct. Joy is silent confidence resulting in the ultimate trust, independence, and something larger than yourself. Joy is is finding your identity beyond systematic humanism. Joy is a result of, of an unwavering faith in a God who you cannot understand, but choose by faith to believe. This is where joy comes from. This is why we read in verse 5, For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is, uh, his, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. This, our theme, I pray, in your mission statement for the next 12 months and beyond will be found in these words, that joy cometh in the morning. I pray that they're written indelibly upon your heart. I pray that they'll be residing in your mind daily, not only laying, but fortifying the foundation that you live and thrive for every single day. Beloved, this year with joy at the central stage, despite circumstances, joy cometh in the morning. This month, in spite who may reject you, turn from you, uh, guys, joy cometh in the morning. This week, when life takes its toll and the battering ram forges onward, that your mind will remain disciplined upon this particular truth, that joy cometh in the morning. Within the days, 24 hours, the ups and downs, the lows, the highs, uh, the known and unsuspected turn of events allow this truth uh, to to reign inside of your soul. Joy cometh in in the morning. 
The truth is, happiness is a result of what happens. It is circumstantial, to say the least. But joy is rooted and grounded, uh, rooted and grounded in that which has already happened. The placing of your unfeigned faith in the eternal, namely the eternal one who loved you and loved me in spite of our rejection of him. He was willing to become sin for me, nailed it to his cross, saying, it is finished. And my friend, when it was finished, a new beginning arose. Joy, my friend. A joy which brings peace. A peace uh, that the Apostle Paul spoke of in Philippians chapter 4, verses, one, verses 6 and 7. Saying, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, I don't want a God that I can understand. I don't want a God. I don't, I don't, want, a, I don't want a peace that I can understand. Because if I can understand it, I can dismantle it. If I can understand my God, that is not a God worth worshiping. I want a God that I believe. A God that I have faith in. A God that I know that despite what I do in my many, many failures, will always be there for me, knowing that joy cometh in the morning. Let me ask you this question this morning. Have you ever wondered how some people carry loads a little better? Than others. Have you ever wondered how some people can come alongside the yoke of a hundred different souls, many in their darkest moments of life, and yet still move forward in the activities of daily living? Beloved, can I say this to you? Just because they carry it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy. But what it does mean is that there's joy within their heart. The joy which only comes with a faith in someone greater, stronger, and better than themselves. I was always the youngest amongst my peers. Growing up, I, as a matter of fact, I was the second youngest person in our high school graduating class, but the youngest boy in our graduating class. When I went off to college, I was the youngest one on the team. And boy, that tide has really shifted. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, I was always around people older than me. That was my life. I started at school roughly a year early. I finished when I was 17. Of course, and you know, this, this is the United States, not like it is here. When I went to uni, guys, I always worked out. I always trained with guys that were stronger than myself. I knew that if I trained with them, that I would get stronger, that they would push me, that they would drive me, that they would force me at times to push the envelope just a little bit further. It never meant the weight was light, but it meant it was made, more wor it was made worth it to keep moving forward, to become as strong as possible. When I began to surpass the guys that I trained with, when I became stronger than the ones that I began with, that was when I recruited others that were stronger than me to come into the group and train with us. But I never left my mates that I began with. Beloved, joy has the same presence in our life as strength does. Strength is contagious when you surround yourself with those stronger than you. 
Joy has the same presence. It's contagious. It is questionable at times while it's remaining attractive. There's an illuminating quality about joy, which is often misunderstood. But beloved, joy in the believer's life is rooted in the eternal gift of salvation. There's nothing complex about that. There's nothing to misunderstand about it. There's nothing confusing about it. Your joy is linked to your eternal gift of salvation, which is given by a free will choice of you placing your faith in the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, as it is written according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Amen. Nothing less, nothing more. It is this simple. It's not that easy, but it is this simple. This is the joy that cometh in the morning. It brings us back to the pretext of our verse, the pretext of verse 5 in Psalm, 1, in Psalm 30. When we look at the pretext, why will joy come in the morning? And how can you have joy in your life even when happiness is absent? We go back to those first three verses, Psalm 30, verses 1 through 3. The psalmist writes here, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. The psalmist here obviously is David, King David that is. And God has done five things for David that we find in the passage. All five of these things, verses 1 through 3, are true in type of the New Testament Christian and is the answer of how you can have joy in your life. Number one, he has lifted him up in verse 1. Number two, he has not allowed his foes to rejoice over him. Number three, he has been healed. Number four, he has been given a physical life as well as life to his soul, verse 3. And then also in verse 3, he has kept him from going to hell. There are qualifying clauses on the points 2 and 3. Because oftentimes, guys, thy foes will rejoice when my sorrow they see and smile at the, uh, smile at the tears that I have shed. The church of Philippi is a perfect New Testament example of what we read about in Psalm 30, verses 1 through 3. The adversaries of the church in Philippi were rejoicing over the persecution of the saints. In Philippians chapter 1, and verse 28, Paul writes back and says, And in nothing, ter- nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. They also rejoiced over Paul's uh, demise, his incarceration, if you will. Paul's enemies rejoiced and seemingly got a blessing out of him being in jail. We read about that in the same chapter in in Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19. And I want you to watch this, if you will. You can read it from the screen. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. Verse 16. The one preached Christ of a contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Now notice Paul's response to both of these preaching the gospel, the two which are uh, are atypical one of another. Paul says, what then? He said, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, 
and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul was able to say, while he's in prison, there's a group of people over here preaching Christ out of pretense, supposing to add more weight to his bond, more pressure, more suffering to his bond. Is essentially what they're saying is he got what he deserved. He's out of the will of God. Uh, you know, that's Paul because maybe, maybe they were envious. Maybe they were jealous. Whoever, know, whoever knows whatever reason it was. But they were rejoicing over the fact that Paul was incarcerated. Yet at the same time, they were preaching salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation by grace through faith. The same thing, that gospel that Paul preached. And then another group over here is preaching Jesus Christ out of love. And, and they're not laying bonds into Paul. They're, they're defending Paul. They know why he was incarcerated. They know why he was in prison. And Paul stands back at both of them. And says, nevertheless, Christ has preached. I wonder today if we can do the same. How can someone be incarcerated have a group of people that name the name of Christ, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, yet the whole time making fun of him or mocking him out or, or trying to lay more burden upon him, saying that he, he deserves to be in jail. How can someone who's in prison, falsely accused, this is prior to the, uh, the outlaw of Christianity by Rome, respond equally to those who preach Christ out of love, knowing the truth of why Paul was in prison, with those who still preach Christ but claim Paul got what he deserved. How can someone do this? I'll give you one word, and you probably know what it is. Joy. It's that simple today. Joy. Paul's focus was upon Christ, the eternal. Not the situations around him. If you want joy in your life, your focus, your attention, your desire, your heart, your love is going to have to be focused upon that which is eternal and not what is circumstantial. It's going to have to be placed upon the Savior and not the situation at hand. I'll sum it up very simply this morning and get into my three points. It's high time that we stop complaining so much and start caring more. I'll say that again. It's high time that we stop complaining so much and start caring more if you want joy in your life. This is where joy comes from. Because there will be a morning which is beyond the days, the hours, and the minutes of this life, when we reside in the eternal, joy is present with us. Watch this with me. There is joy in the morning because the Lord has ultimately lifted us up above defeat. Above defeat. Verse 1 in our text says, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. Guys, time and time and time again last year, we hit the verses of victory in the Christian life. We, I mean, there's probably, I would say, one-third out of the sermons preached last year had at least one of these verses in there. Romans chapter 8 and in verse 37, nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are conquerors, guys. 1 John chapter 4 and in verse 5 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Um, 
And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 through 57. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory. He has lifted us up above defeat. My soul, man, we need to recognize that we are not defeated people in this world today. We have the victory. We are more than conquerors. We can hammer through life, guys, thriving rather than just surviving. How many of us here today have in the last 12 months, 12 days, 12 minutes, felt like you're just slogging through life? Felt like you just, that you're just, uh, uh, that you're just in the marsh and you're just, I mean, you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper, trying just to get through life, get through the day, get through the week, get through the month. Love it, if you're a child of God, it should not be that way. You need to be focused on the joy that Christ has brought into your life because he's given you, he's lifted you up above defeat. He's given you the victory and you should celebrate that every single day despite the absence of happiness. Joy cometh in the morning. You should thrive rather than survive. God told Joshua multiple times, he said, be strong and of good courage. Beloved, when your faith is in the rock-solid foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are able to be strong and of good courage. You have the victory. You have overcome the world. You are more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Good night, man. It's time for us to stand up, be strong in the Lord, and this is where joy comes from. If you want joy, get a backbone. If you want joy, take a stand. If you want joy, say no to the world. If you want joy, say yes to the church. If you want joy, say no to what distractions in this life. If you want joy, say yes to the word of God. Say yes to Jesus Christ. Say yes to doing the right thing despite what everybody else is doing. That's the only way you're going to have joy today. Take a stand. I've never in my life seen a generation so weak. With a, I mean, I'm talking about Christian generation so weak and unwilling to stand upon the word of God. If you sit down for everything, they're going to take everything away from you. Amen, preacher. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Watch this next word. Unmovable. I like that word unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Unmovable. Let me ask you a question this morning. Next Sunday morning, what's going to move you? Wednesday night, what's going to move you? Tomorrow morning when you wake up and you know you need to read your Bible or do your scripture writing or do your prayers or whatever you do in your, your, your morning routine, what's going to move you? Is it going to be because I'm tired or I want a cup of coffee or I want to look at my phone? I want to scroll through stupid book. I want to do this. I want to do that. What's it going to do that's going to move you tomorrow? What's going to move you for Wednesday night? What's going to move you for Sunday morning? What's going to move you when your neighbor asks, hey, where are you going? I'm going to Bible study. What's going to move you, my friend? And we question why we don't have joy in our life. What are you doing to have joy in your life? Where is your faith being placed? And how much are you being moved today? Be strong and of good courage, because he has lifted you up from defeat. You should not be living as a defeated person today. God has done great and wonderful things for each and every one of us. Beloved, we are not 
defeated. And I say we live like it as well. Joy cometh in the morning. Not only are we not defeated, not only has he lifted us up from defeat, but guys, he's lifted us up above disease as well. Disease. Now, I get it, guys, and I understand there are a few things we're going to look at here on this. But in verse 2, the Bible tells me, O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Now, you may not have gotten a physical healing at salvation. Say an arm or an eye that's put out or a new set of teeth or, you know, a ruined liver or a gallbladder. You may not have got that healed, okay? But as a child of God... You can have joy over the fact that you have been spiritually healed. We look in Ephesians chapter 2. You can read it from the screen for time's sake. Paul says, but, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you're saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. That is present tense. Hath made us. That's why the King James Bible is faultless. That's why it's perfect. Don't you allow some, hey, I, I won't pick on that today. Don't allow anybody to pervert the scripture. Hath made us. This ain't future tense. As far as God the Father is concerned, we are sat today at the right hand throne of God the Father with Jesus Christ. Verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay? Guys, we have been spiritually healed. But not only are we healed spiritually, but in the future we will be healed physically. Romans 8, verse 18 through 22. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same uh, in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. The corruption is death. It is defilement. It is decay. And yet the creature shall be one day delivered. So we are already healed spiritually, and yet in the future, when Christ comes back in the air, we will be delivered and healed physically. You're going to get a glorified body. Hallelujah. Amen. All those aches and pains, all those discomforts, all them nappings and falling asleep, they are gone and over with when Christ comes back. And that ought to give you joy in your heart today because that joy is going to come in the morning. So guys, we have been lifted up above defeat. You ought to live like it. Amen. We have been lifted up above disease, at least in the spiritual realm. You ought to live like it. Amen. And lastly, this morning, we may have joy in this life because we have been lifted up above death. Above death. It seemingly ties into our last point. I get that. But in verse 3 of Psalm 30, it says, O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Again, referring back to Ephesians chapter 2, and in verse 1, it says, And you have he quickened. 
who were dead in trespasses and sin. Verse 5 says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved. That word quicken, remember, means to bring to life. Okay? This is not a revival. A revival is, is making that alive, which was once alive over here, but has died, and now it's revived again. Quicken is taking that which was dead and bringing life to it. And we were dead in trespasses and sin. And yet Jesus Christ, through his magnificent gift, through his marvelous love, through his infinite grace, has put life inside of us today. We were dead, but he was life. Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except I may be born again, cannot see the kingdom of God. This born again that Jesus spoke of is a spiritual birth in which has enabled us to escape a spiritual death. Revelation 20 verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. You know what he's talking about? That's talking about the church. Amen. The bride of Christ, those who are saved and born again from the establishment of the church, from the death, burial, and resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ on high, until the time he comes back to take his bride away prior to the tribulation period. That is us today. If you're here this morning and you're born again, if you're here this morning and you're saved and you're born again in the blood of Christ, as you place your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then that is you. You have been lifted up above death. There is no spiritual death. The second death has no power over you. I don't know about you, but that brings me joy. That brings joy in my life. As you say, well, preacher, what about happiness? You know what brings happiness to me? When I think about the joy that I have and the fact that I, the second death has no power over me. You know what brings happiness to me? It's the joy in my life when I think about the disease spiritually that is in this world today that has no power over me because he's lifted me far above that. You know what brings me happiness? It's the joy that I have in my life when I think I, have not, I am not a defeated uh, I'm not a defeated individual today. I'm not going to live my life in defeat because he's lifted me up above defeat today. Beloved, if you want just happiness, you know what? Take a nap for an hour. That'd bring you happiness. If you want happiness for an afternoon, go eat a steak, okay? If you want happiness for a weekend, get a hobby. But if you want joy in your life, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. There's going to be a morning in which the days of this world and this life will be no more. There is going to be a morning when you take your final breath in this side of glory. There's going to be a morning, guys, in which that you open your eyes for the first time and you see that Savior that you've heard preached about every single Sunday, every single Wednesday. That morning's coming. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know where it's going to be. But I know that it will be. And that's why joy comes in the morning, my friend. Because we've been lifted above defeat. We've been lifted above disease. We've been lifted above death. So therefore, no matter what happens, weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh, for, cometh in the morning. Joy in the Christian life today is the only option that we have in the days that God has given us in this world. And my friend, if you're saved this morning, you're the only person in this world who can have joy. The world may have happiness at times. 
The world may even have peace at times, but joy they cannot have outside of Jesus Christ, Him crucified, buried, and risen again. Will you bow your heads this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessed opportunity and time to be here this morning. And we thank you for the presentation, Father, of the theme that you have given us, how you have given us in our life. And I pray today that we will write it upon the table of our heart that as we are praying at this very moment, that none of us here would allow our joy to be robbed by the things of this world, by the circumstances of this life, by the situations at hand, by the government in power, by the people and the naysayers and the sinners and the wickedness and the devil and everything that goes along with it. That even though we may be unhappy at times, let us reside in your joy because our faith is in the eternal. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen and amen. I hope and pray that the preaching and teaching of the Word of God was a blessing to your heart today. And this is the introduction, as you know, to our theme for 2024, Joy Cometh in the Morning. Our banners will be up here at the close of service. I do want to thank you for being here. Stand with me if you would.